Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Two Idiot Girls. Woohoo! This is episode eight, and this is another special episode. Um, so yes. my name is Jason, and I'm Drew, and this is like part two of our navigating social media as a minority woman. And we also have a special guest to uh, go over this with us. Um, so I'll have Drew intro our special guest. Yes, today we have the wonderful, amazing, so incredibly fucking smart Chris, the author, oh, the one and God. only. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for inviting me. I love your content. Definitely a fucking idiot. It's a match made in heaven, honestly, the three of us. Look at us. Three idiot girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as part of our series to try and platform Black creators that we feel are truly making a difference and people that deserve a much bigger platform, deserve their flowers, Chris is obviously one of those as well for us personally because we find her content so incredibly engaging and formative I was just joking with Chris before we started recording that like I'm just mean but she's educational and mean so she's like she's a twofer she's a twofer and she's so fucking funny and engaging so um Chris typically I would say you like tackle a lot of um I guess issues that you see on the platform whether it's misogyny right homophobia um I guess like popular culture topics. I saw you talking about Kanye and Kim and mm-hmm. Rihanna and ASAP. So she kind of covers the I'm whole gamut. Yeah, yeah. She kind of <laughs> covers the whole gamut. She just got she is like your your TikTok handle says your opinionated gay cousin. <laughs> they got, lot, lot, got lots of opinions. I mean, me too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Kind of the um the point of my content, what I wanted the point of my content to be, because kind of in real life. I cope with humor a lot like Mm. when it comes to serious or stressful situations like humor is how I cope so I kind of wanted my content to kind of reflect that so um like you said I talk about serious issues such as racism sexism homophobia but I don't want it to just be so serious even though those Mm. are serious topics yeah so I always try to put a little humor in it because that's just who I am yeah no. absolutely yeah. I, I feel that right we yeah. all tr- we all cope like that I think that I think honestly think that's why we turn out so funny yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pain makes it funny yeah it really builds up that armor doesn't it <laughs> exactly yeah so right. yeah that's kind of what I wanted my platform to reflect and I think you're similar yeah like, obviously you're tackling misogyny something the the men saying the most hateful disgusting things to you and other women but Mm -hmm. you talk about it in a way to where we're able to laugh about it as well yeah exactly we find common ground on that yeah absolutely I think I think too Honda is like it's it's kind of like a fine line that you tread because you know especially with misogyny specifically because men are so men inherently believe women are stupider right they're like dumb and vapid so they already aren't gonna listen yeah if you're 
if you just were the nicest person ever about it, you're like, Hey, please don't do this. It's not nice because X, Y, Z, they still exactly. wouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't Regardless matter. of the, the delivery, you're going to get the same results, which is yeah. hatred. So, you know, be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Right. Yeah, you you as know, well. worked for me. Right. <laughs> so we kind of, uh, Daisy, you want to go into the first topic? Yeah, sure. So we wanted to start with kind of your introduction to social media, like personally. So like, Mm -hmm. what was your first experience on social media like when you first like, if it was like Facebook or I don't know, like, what was that like for you? Uh So my introduction to social media was actually MySpace. Okay. Um, okay. When I was like 10, of course, I was not allowed to have a MySpace at that time, <laughs> but I decided I was going to get one anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, snuck and made a MySpace. I had like an alias email address and all of that, <laughs> an email address I still remember, but I'm not going to say. So yeah, I created my little fake MySpace, MySpace page. I'm sorry. I sold my sister's flip phone, was taking little pictures with like my Bun up on the mirror, just like <laughs> fuck. So um, I started MySpace. That was very short lived. My mom found out, um, so I had to take that down. And actually, after that, my um, involvement with social media was probably as minimal as it gets. Believe oh, it or not. Okay. Like okay. I had a Facebook for like family members that I rarely ever used. Um, yeah. I made a Twitter. I never was really active on it. Mm-hmm. Instagram. I really wasn't active on like really I just got into social media when I started my TikTok wow okay that's so interesting yeah Yeah, like a year like me two years ago TikTok is something I would have never done like I post photos of myself on social media Facebook Instagram so me making like videos (laughs) unheard of and everybody (laughs) knows me when they found out was like what so (laughs) Yeah, TikTok was pretty much my first real dive into social media. Wow, that's so that's so interesting. Would you would you say that you're grateful for that? Like, I guess lack of experience and lack of exposure to social media as a child, like growing up through like those formative years. Um, to an extent, to an Mm -hmm. extent, mostly because they can't find old tweets to cancel me for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I still got like even though I wasn't like participating as far as posting, of course, I used to like scroll on Tumblr, scroll mm-hmm. on Instagram. I just wasn't active as far as my participation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got a sense of what social media was, but I am grateful that I wasn't so into it because me as a teenager, like I could not imagine me highlighting that publicly. Right. <laughs> I could not imagine. Oh my like, gosh. Me as a teenager, like my opinions and everything drastically different. Like yeah. the Same. evolution yeah. has been real. Yeah. So I'm glad it wasn't documented. Yeah. Right. That. Yeah, yeah. Same. We, we talked about that on days recently, especially because like, I don't know how old are you, Chris? I wish I should, I should have asked earlier. I'm 26. Okay. Me too. Oh my I'm 26 yeah. too. You look so much younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look so much younger. Yeah. I'm 26. Uh, days is 28. Yeah. So well, it's you like, you look younger 28 is not old but you definitely have oh, yeah, she looks you. Really <laughs> I know she looks younger than me what the hell what the fuck <laughs> well that's like that's another thing too because we were just talking about this when we were kids the, the the kind of things that were funny and or trendy or at the time 
were Mm -hmm. rooted in so many different facets of bigotry, like whether it was Mm. homophobia, racism, misogyny, like those were the things that were funny. They were in popular media. They were in movies, they were on TV. So like having the access to that kind of social media where you could like put every single living thought you've ever had on the internet um, is such a slippery slope, like for Mm -hmm. people our age. And I feel like even now, hot days, we talked about it, like younger people, Mm-hmm. like Gen Zers don't really understand that because they grew up in a time where everyone was woke right everyone's like educated enough to an extent to understand like yeah. this is okay yeah. um so when you know old things resurface from people who are our age or older they're yeah. like oh like that's terrible cancel. like you're yeah cancel you're a terrible person and it's like obviously if it's not something outright like like using the n-word and anything like that like something crazy but if it's like old jokes and stuff that people used to make back in the day that were never funny we just know now that it's not funny yeah Um, like young people are so quick to be like oh you're canceled like you never should have said that but it's like that's just what was funny at the time it's not a good thing it's not an excuse it's just like a fact right I agree because I mean even as critical and fucking condescending and preachy as I am on my platform (laughs) right um I do believe in giving people grace to a certain extent so mm-hmm. I definitely understand, like, because like I said earlier, me, like, as a teenager, just, I was a pygmy, that's number one. The Same. biggest Same. fucking time. pygmy it was the time. ever. Like, if you act like a whore, you're treated like a whore. I was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So Same. I get it. Like, life is about growth and change. Mm-hmm. So if somebody has an old, ignorant ass tweet from, like, 2011, mm-hmm. should they be forever marked by that? Yeah. Absolutely not. But I think yeah. you're you're so right in the sense that people 18 19 20 as of now they have access to a lot more education social Mm -hmm. media is more evolved than it used to be but you know we were we were i'm trying to find the right wording (laughs) we were ignorant as fuck back yeah Yeah, honestly i mean i do i don't believe in just canceling yeah for every little thing they did in the past plus like i always say there's no shame in being ignorant the shame is in staying ignorant because ignorant just means you're unaware Mm -hmm. and we're all socially unaware to some extent so Mm -hmm. i think if you're just trying to educate yourself and unlearn certain behaviors then there's no shame in having an ignorant past absolutely yeah Yeah. hot days like we a days and i attribute a lot to like my education, especially like, um, when I went to college and everything, like you just experience life in a much different, like scope, I guess, like your, your scope just gets so much wider when you like meet Mm -hmm. different people from different walks of life. And Dason was like huge in educating me about like gender identity, right. Sexual Mm -hmm. orientation, like all these things that are very nuanced and not so black and white. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's made me a better person overall. Like just like the education makes you, I think, more open and more willing to to learn and unlearn. Most importantly, unlearn. Because we we mean days joke all the time about how we used to be pick me's on days. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's like embarrassing to look back and I'm like, oh my God, where was I like that? No, seriously. Like as a girl, I think a lot of us go through that picky stage because yeah. that's kind of how we're conditioned to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? We live Absolutely. in a world that's very male-centered. The mm-hmm. desires, the wants, the opinions of men are always centered. We grow up seeing that. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not all of us, but I think most of us have that little internalized misogyny face. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. They so, yeah. yeah. said so. Like, I we did an episode on that too, like unlearning internalized misogyny when we were mm-hmm. like got to college. Thank God, right? We like <laughs> released that part of us. Oh my God, thank God. Yeah. But um, like we the funniest thing Dayson ever told me about that. She was telling me that like the biggest thing she got to let go was pretending to like football because she used to like pretend <laughs> to like football all the time. When we were I kids. think it was funny because <laughs> I didn't realize I was like bi until I got to college. So when I started hanging out with a lot more gay people, I'm like, you guys don't do things you don't want to do because you want people to like you or do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're like, no, I do whatever I want. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I could do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch football. They're like me either. Let's go do something else. So right. yeah, definitely a lot of internalized misogyny and, and homophobia yeah. growing up, especially when oh, you're yeah, trying to fit sure. in and be straight and like, like the cool girl who likes <laughs> to drink beer. Like it's exhausting. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like I only hang out with guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All my friends are boys. Yeah, Yeah. girls are just drama. That's why girls are drama. Now I'm like, that's a red flag to me. Like, you don't have one girlfriend, not one. Yeah. No, one girl. Earlier, when you talked about, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Earlier, when you talked about like learning more about gender identity, like even me as a lesbian. Yeah. Like, I've had to educate myself. Like, I've known I was a lesbian since maybe about like the sixth grade. I've always known, I didn't even know that I liked girls, but I knew I was not interested in boys. Yes. So I knew Mm -hmm. very early on that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. But like, even me in like high school, middle school, another thing I had to unlearn, biphobic as fuck. Yeah. Believe it or not. Same. Like, like in middle school, high school, even like my, or maybe my earlier 20s, I was like, ew, like I don't want to be in any type of proximity towards men. So if you like men, that's disgusting. I was telling y'all. But it's just like, like we said, it's just taking the time to unlearn Mm -hmm. and listen to people who have different experiences. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Well, especially, yeah, like, because my introduction to it was like, I joined a rugby team. That was like the first thing I did and I yeah. thought I was straight and all my friends were gay and I was like this is weird like and I of yeah. course grew up with all this like internally homophobia so I'm like they probably all like me and want to speak with me I'm and I'm like I'm like I'm not to toot my horn too big but I'm like all right relax like you're not that high, you know? <laughs> but um yeah and then just going through different experiences and still trying to figure out what am I doing and I think growing more in tune with I think when, when you feel like that, it's almost like you're not comfortable with yourself. I think a thousand percent when people like talk way too much about trans, when they're like super transphobic, I'm like, there's something weird going on there. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a thought yeah. Of, of insecurities that you have. Yeah. And so I think, um, yeah, with gender identity and stuff like that, like I remember my friend telling me like, oh yeah, like we should all just use the same bathrooms. I'm like, why people are going to watch me. Who does that in the bathroom? No one does that in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just trying to go to the bathroom and go home. So there's definitely a lot of internalized things that you tend to project onto other people. Yeah. And I think that's one of my favorite things about your content is that you yourself are queer. So there's a huge amount of like credibility that comes with being that person on TikTok who's educating you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're black, like all of these like facets of your identity, like coming all up to the front that you yeah. utilize to educate people, I think make you super powerful powerful and unique and different from other creators Mm -hmm. because there's some other queer creators who like I feel like can tend to like kind of play into stereotypes of not only queer people but maybe like do you know what I mean and I feel like you uphold a different side of it that like 
I feel like there's a, there's a big piece of you that I think that TikTok has needed for a long time. Yeah. Cause I know like Drew can only be an ally so much to the LGBTQ yeah. community, but for yeah. you to be a voice for them, I think means a lot to a lot of people. So I was so excited when Drew's like, Oh my gosh, what if we ask Chris, the author? I'm like, Oh my God, I would love to have Chris. The author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point too. Cause I can only speak like, like in support of the LGBTQIA plus community for so like so far because I'm not Mm -hmm. a part of it I'm only supplementary to them so like my job is to not take up space in an area that I'm not a part of it's to uphold Mm -hmm. other people who can speak on behalf of them because I would never be in a place to speak on behalf of gay people because it's not my place to so Mm -hmm. that's why I love to follow creators like you because you Mm -hmm. teach me so much more that I just don't experience from myself so I think that's lend towards right not staying ignorant forever is interacting with people that do not come from the same air like facet of life as you they have different life experiences from you like I honest to God believe that's what makes you a better person is like absolutely interacting and mingling and befriending and becoming close to and learning from people that are nothing like you like and from whether it's life experience or just overall personality like that's why the pick me girl I think that's universal though and all three exactly. <laughs> and all of us, <laughs> and all of us. our generation for sure I totally see yeah. that Oh yeah, the cool girl aesthetic thing was so big when we were young, like especially in high school. The fact that we're the same age too, I was like, yeah, yeah like, in high school. Sense. Oh my gosh, in high school. the same era. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny too, because even then you you said you knew too that you were gay from a very young age, and even yeah. still, like the internalized misogyny is so rife in all of us. Like it, you just can't help it. Like even if exactly. you know you don't like, you're not sexually attracted to men. And that's you a still- great point because mm-hmm. I'm like, I was never doing it for like to garner male attraction like that's yeah. not what I wanted by any means <laughs> but I still had these opinions that yeah. reflected that misogyny right. that's a mm-hmm. great point actually yeah so like that's the like, approval of men which is so yeah. awful to think about but it's like yeah. that, like oh they like they like think they're chill so like that's cool like yeah, yeah. Right. they're like yeah. i'm not like the other girls not me they yeah. sound <laughs> different i'm literally different. Exactly. <laughs> cool. so cringe well <laughs> i know right well okay so i know you said you didn't really have like too much experience as far as like posting and everything mm-hmm. um, when you were younger but like what would you say was the first time you felt like truly represented in media whether it's social media or maybe just regular entertainment media like on tv um what would you say was the first time you truly felt represented hmm, that's a great question mm-hmm. um because sometimes i still struggle with yeah. representing. Yeah. but the thing about it is um um obviously i'm black mm-hmm. and um my mom growing up i feel like because of the way that black women are received in the world and treated in the world she made it a point to kind of needle in that validation which i'm extremely grateful for mm-hmm. because i feel like her being that way is kind of why i was quicker to unlearn some of my ignorance right oh, so yeah. um she kept us so immersed in black culture black music black movies black tv shows so there were times where i did see people that kind of looks like me. Like even, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, the show Girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chase yeah. Ross, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So even that show, like seeing Tony and Maya, like these yeah. chocolate girls, I'm like, <laughs> wow. And then I remember probably when I was like in ninth or 10th grade is when I discovered like lesbian web series on YouTube. <laughs> like all of these like low budget films on like a 
cell phones, yes. web series with these black lesbians, but I love them because it opens up a entirely new world for me. Because even mm. like as far as a black woman seeing myself represented, a gay black woman never was. Mm. So yeah. me, that was probably the first like eye opening for me was when I discovered those black lesbian web series. Got it. Okay, yeah. Then I had like the little Tumblr phase, and you know mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> I know, right? It was so, a lawless land. <laughs> right, and I was like, "Wow, this is out there!" And even I'm um, going back to the whole gender identity thing. Yeah. Like even me being a queer person, there are still facets of being LGBTQIA that I'm not well versed in because mm-hmm. you know I'm a lesbian. But then there are like trans people being non-binary being bisexual all these different things that even I wasn't educated on yeah so I would say probably my first real like sense of representation was when I discovered YouTube Tumblr etc okay yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's like kind of similar to us Hondas like we we were all up in Tumblr (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I loved it yeah uh and it was definitely a place to explore sexuality that's for sure because there was lots of stuff on there like you say it really was it was was, wow it was like so unregulated it was like the place to to go look and and like search like things that you were curious about or whatever Mm -hmm. I feel like for most people especially our age because that was like all we had was like right yeah yeah, I was going to say, I saw on your TikTok that you go over like problematic characters through the L word, which yeah. like, so when I met all my friends, they're like, have you ever watched the L word? And I'm I don't even know. I've never heard of it. So my friend's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're probably a shame girl. You're probably like, I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying, all this stuff. <laughs> so I've never watched it, but then I watched the newer season, the Generation Cure, whatever it is. How, right. do you, have you watched the newest one? I have. Do you like it more than the old one? Um, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean- it's cool it is and I do mm-hmm. think as far as because one of the things that the original one lacked was diversity yes one thousand percent yeah exactly like mm-hmm. they were all pretty much like all white girls white lesbians mm-hmm. um very bare like if they had a black character their involvement was very minimal yeah like even on the, even like Hispanic or yeah. Middle Eastern Asian everything for diversity was very minimal so yeah. I do appreciate the newer series does they still could fans could probably do a little bit more but Mm. I think that they have come a long way as far as diversity so I like that aspect but I don't know if maybe it's just the nostalgia of the original one sure Mm. maybe that's what I've heard from a lot of people yeah yeah so I mean I do still prefer the original one but the the new one is is cool yeah okay I just always like to get people's opinions because I like I feel like the new one I feel like obviously diversity is like huge. So they have like a disabled character on there. They have trans characters on there, which I really love. But sometimes I feel like you can't just have characters to have those things in there just to like check a box. Like you're like, okay, exactly. that person's in yeah. here. And that person's in here. Yeah. Character development. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like if oh, they have no story arc other than no, that. And they don't. Exactly. That, it's always centered around that. So thankfully, like with the, with the, character who's disabled her isn't hers isn't being disabled hers is like just living her life thankfully but for some of especially the trans character that they do have I feel like his whole thing is always centered about being transgender and the things mm-hmm. he runs into and I feel like that I wish we could just see him being a normal person and dating yeah. and having sex and whatever like figuring out his life yeah and I think that's true but even though but I do think they came a long way as far as you remember Max from the original series mm-hmm. the trans guy so. how they did how they depicted Max 
um, was very problematic in my opinion. Oh, yeah, his, everything. Yeah, his identity was, not only was his identity only tied into him being trans, he was ridiculed. Everybody yeah. on the um, cast of the show was very transphobic. Yeah. Like, just telling his story as far as a pregnant trans man, just, yeah. it was centered around ridicule more so than really telling his story as a trans person. Mm-hmm. So I do think they made a little um, stride, but I definitely see what you're saying. It's still yeah. like, oh, he's the token trans guy yeah yeah part of the cast so i agree with that for sure (laughs) well i mean i think too it it kind of speaks to like why we like to ask that question too is because now you are someone that's representative of others in social media right so like now you can be someone (laughs) right isn't that crazy to think about i'm sure you get i'm sure you get messages and stuff too from people who are like so enthralled by your um, like enigmatic personality and just your takes and how smart and educated you are. And so like you becoming someone who you never got to see growing up, it's very powerful. Like almost like it sometimes, it, sometimes it moves me to tears when I think about it. Cause it's like, it's surreal. Right. Um, it's, it's like when I sit through all the death threats, <laughs> I'm on in my DM. I get those too. All the, all the insults. And I see those messages from people. Like I think the best compliment that I get throughout my whole platform is you made me see things in a way that I never did before yeah that's the one thing that people say to me where I'm like wow because that's what I kind of want to do like you, of course yeah. you can't change people's perspectives and opinions yeah. but when I hear somebody say like you really educated me like I had never considered that stance before yeah. that makes me feel like I'm doing what I set out to mm-hmm. do yeah and like I've told you guys me two years ago would have never done this so now I'm here and I have all these people giving me all these compliments, saying how much they appreciate my voice. Sometimes I don't even know what to like do with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I Overwhelming. can't believe that yeah it's 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 overwhelming in like the best way because it's Mm -hmm. just like it almost leaves you speechless because you're like what I don't know what to say I'm just like I can't believe that like like I always like describing myself like I can't believe like me being a dickhead had like had like turned into this you know what I mean like I was like just being a fucking jester just for fun and then it turned into you being somebody that is representative of others like someone who never had somebody that looked like you or was gay and growing up on social media, now they have someone to look to. So like people mm-hmm. like you are so important. I say that all the time, like representation is so fucking important. It's so undersold specifically by people who are always represented in represented. media, like white people. They're always like, I don't know why you have to shove it down our throats. So I'm like, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just like, not for other, you yeah like exactly. other people like, well other people exist in the world I just can't believe like it's like I saw a tweet the other day where someone was like they'll people will rant about like how they're shoving you know diversity down our throats when it's just like biracial people on the tv like, they, like exactly. they're just like in a phone commercial and they're like see this is just <laughs> like it. it's being shoved in my face all the time yeah it's like they it's, can't fathom a world where they're not centered because yeah. they always have been mm-hmm. that's exactly. what it is like when you live a life you're where you never have to consider certain things you never have to deal with like racism you yeah. never have to deal with fat phobia you never have to deal with homophobia you never have to deal with these mm. things you're just used to this easy existence where you're always seeing people who look like you nobody's yeah. ever shaming you for certain traits so when right. other people are speaking about it you're like well what are you talking about yeah <laughs> and then when we tell you what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about you do you're dismissive towards it yeah. yeah so it, it's just, yeah. 
just that entitlement of always right. being yeah. represented literally and it's also mm-hmm. indicative too it's like it's the same shit when they say like well I don't see color well yeah because you have the privilege of not having to like you don't have to worry about seeing color because it doesn't affect you yeah. like you, exactly. oh, I wish we could all live like that I wish we could <laughs> and all be and in that like ignorance they think, that, they think that's what we want to hear like oh I don't see color you can be purple with polka dots but I'm not I'm black yeah um, no literally i'm not purple with polka dots you know what I'm <laughs> so it's okay for you to acknowledge our differences yeah. Yeah. and learn how to like live with them you see yeah. what i'm saying yeah exactly like, and not talk over them yeah exactly like be aware of our color. yeah yeah to yeah. just acknowledge it is like there's exactly. it costs and i always think it costs you nothing it costs yeah. you quite literally nothing at all to just acknowledge that there are disparities in the world it's like it's not a perfect world we're not all treated the same i don't know mm-hmm. why that's such a hard concept, hard concept for people to wrap their head around it's like it's just the reality <laughs> of the situation but like uh i think that being said like what would you say was your first experience where you felt negatively impacted by social media whether it was like seeing something or maybe hearing something like when you were growing up or what would you say that experience was for you um that's a great question I would say as far as negative impact uh, even me going out of my way to find um, identities that resemble mine and people that look like me and communities there are times where we're still bombarded with images of people who do not look like us, right? Mm-hmm. And um, as far as me not being conventionally attractive, I'm un- unambiguously black, I'm dark-skinned. So I used to see all these lighter-skinned girls with the 3B curls, and that was the idea of beauty. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, as much as you try not to feel this way, it's like, that's the idea of beauty. I don't look like that. Yeah. So if I'm not beauty, then that makes me ugly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially when you're like a preteen and then I'm going to public school, getting ridiculed for these traits as well. It's like you you can start to internalize it. And I did at one point to the point where like, I feel like I'm just now getting to the point where I'm truly like comfortable with who I am to where the words that people say, the ignorant stuff people say in my comments doesn't really get to me. Mm-hmm. But me as like a teenager, oh, wildly insecure. Yeah. And I think social media yeah. kind of did play a role in that, a role mm-hmm. that I didn't realize at the time. Yeah. So, Until you get yeah. older, then you, I think you start mm-hmm. to like, you like look back. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I think you start to unravel it too. Like you start yeah. to like kind of unpack, like, why did I feel this way exactly. at this particular time? And then you kind of see it for what it really is. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I, it, I guess it did get into my brain a little bit. Like as much as oh, you think, I realized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As yeah. much as you think you're not holding on to it at all. I think like mm-hmm. you, you definitely subconsciously hold on to things that like yeah. make you feel some type Absolutely. of way, especially about your that looks especially as especially as women too because we're always like even regardless of what our personalities are like like aesthetics are like top of mind like for men it's like it's like strength and intelligence for women it's like which how pretty you are like how you are whether it's conventional Mm -hmm. or not and then like how thin you are those like everything's centered around aesthetics more so than like substance like who we are as people what we can contribute all those things. So, I mean, I can absolutely. definitely, we can absolutely relate to that too. Me and Dace, especially as like, as uh, we're 
women of color growing up too and we're thicker women too and she's mm-hmm. short but I'm tall so like I was tall my whole life so like that was another thing how tall are you if you don't mind me asking oh no not at all I'm six feet so six feet. <laughs> yeah and I experienced that too I'm five ten. oh um, nice oh, okay. yeah always the tallest in the school and same as far especially since the way that black women are often masculinized yeah and I feel like me being tall definitely did not help oh, and you're also wow. women of color you said you're thicker and I'm mm-hmm. sure you being tall didn't necessarily help either. No, yeah. So it it's was like... Same thing. It's real, real losing battle when you're a kid, when you're younger, yeah. right? Yeah. We talked about that with Nita too, Hondes, like about how like obviously Black women especially are like hyper-masculinized and also like painted to be these like aggressive people, like the aggressors mm-hmm. in every situation. Um, yeah. And like I told Nita, like obviously my experience is like so much different from hers and yours, but like I've had the same shit where they're like oh you're so aggressive so fucking mean so like and I'm like I literally laugh like 90% of my videos like which part yeah. of that is me being like aggressive like I'm gonna like and it's always in response to men saying the most disgusting mm-hmm. shit that's the thing yeah. you're not just finding random bald men on the internet <laughs> and bullying the shit out of them it's yeah. always in response to them saying very evil things so yeah. it's like they skip past what you're responding to to say that you're mean and your body shaming is yeah. like you didn't hear what he said yeah yeah literally but, yeah. i yeah, saw someone like, comment that once too on my thing they were like they they want to body shame and then when you do it they want to talk about morals <laughs> like all of a exactly. sudden they're like all of a sudden we're supposed to be kind to each other right <laughs> all of a sudden it's eye for an eye makes the whole world blind (laughs) all of a sudden I get that all the time and eye for an eye they say that all the fucking time to me so I mean it's just one of those things I think like that we just have to deal with as creators especially the more we grow and like the bigger women of color yeah Mm -hmm. and especially like just the the reach that you start to have to like as you get bigger you start mm-hmm. to reach these parts, these corners of the internet that are like truly mm-hmm. fucking rotten. Like they just find you and they're like, it's just horrible. I think it just comes with the territory, but it's it still, the, it never gets any less shocking to me. It never really hurts my feelings, but it doesn't get any less shocking that I think that people like that exist in the world. <laughs> like, exactly. Cause it's like me, as far as like, of course, my platform is largely based on humor, right? Mm-hmm. So there's times where I'm talking about things like fucking America's Next Top Model, right? <laughs> and they're still in the fucking comments like, why are you so angry? I'm like, bitch, I'm talking about a haircut. Yeah. Like, how could I be, like, how could I be angry? Yeah. You know just because I speak with passion. You know, I'm a black woman. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if she, if she's not as dainty and as delicate as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even matter what you're saying. Yeah, they immediately Mm -hmm. characterize you. Yeah, yeah. Angry. So it's like at this point, if I'm gonna be angry, shit, I'll be angry. That's fine. Same. I don't literally same. Yeah, that's why I'm like the tone policing is crazy because like I talked about this once too, but like I had a girl, a white girl, who copied exactly what the fuck I said like she literally verbatim was yeah cutting and pasting the Mm -hmm. shit I was saying and she was copying like my mannerisms like literally everything (laughs) which is weird and I was like you know when I found it I was telling Dason about it and how fucking mad it made me for obvious reasons but the biggest one was that the comments were from the dudes she was making fun of were all like oh like tough but fair this is so tough but this is fair you know what like you got a good fucking point and I'm like it's crazy because she copied and fucking pasted exactly what the fuck I said but these dudes when I say it 
are like, oh, you're a fucking bitch. Like, why are you mm-hmm. so fucking mean and aggressive? Exactly. Like, so fucking bully. And I'm like, okay, but this white bitch says it and they're like, hey, comedy. You should do exactly. stand up, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you should get exactly. into skit writing, girl. You're so good. But so I was like, all of a sudden, right. like, just simply her being a white woman made it more palatable. Yeah. Which is exactly. wild when you think about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's bizarre crazy. yeah and they you know it's the same I I see it all the time too like with black creators too where like it's like almost like their mask they like put it on for like a, a show so they can post a video and like be funny and be popular whether they're copying mannerisms or accents or using AAVE they're just like using it as like a tool to like platform themselves and then they can take it off whenever they want they just stop yeah. talking that way stop acting mm-hmm. that way they don't talk or act like that at all and I literally said to him like you're telling me that this bitch talks like that normally there's no yeah. way there's and it literally- never sounds authentic either no <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> it's always, like oh they're they're always like oh well I'm from the hood I'm always around black people that's why I sound like this but it's like that's not even what black people sound like. You're, you're, you're trying to talk like what you think we talk yeah, like, and you don't even yeah. talk like that. That's why we're able to identify it. Yeah. And then you're gaslit when you speak out about it. Like I'm sure you probably were in reference to your situation. Yeah. When yeah. The, um, the person that was copying you is yeah. like, whenever you speak out about it, it's like, oh, what are you talking about? You're delusional. Y'all are just <laughs> mad at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it was literally like a whoa like oh we're we're saying that people can't flip people off now like that's stealing I'm all it's like you didn't fucking listen to anything else I said it's just exactly it's, and I was and shocker it was another white bitch so I'm like dude you're, you're coming to the defense of your own like that's shock, shocking <laughs> I'm shocked right. I can't believe it <laughs> so anyways I think Dason had another question go ahead Dace. yeah so what made you decide to do a TikTok so you said you didn't really have any social media so I find that really funny that you're like you know what I'm gonna do a TikTok and I'm gonna rip everyone and then you blew up yeah Yeah. (laughs) so even uh like when tiktok was really really popular i was one of those people like i don't get the point like my co-workers my friends my family they were Mm -hmm. obsessively watching it for hours showing me tiktoks and i'm like that's so lame i don't get the point (laughs) and then i remember one time we were at work and we were bored and my co-workers were like okay let's do a tiktok and i fought them from my life I'm like no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it it was like one of the little dancey ones which that's yeah. not even what I do now so I was like hell no I'm not doing it so eventually they convinced me we did it for fun and then I downloaded the app started scrolling I saw some stuff that was funny I'm like okay I'll start mm-hmm. then I feel like the side of TikTok I discovered was the whole like lesbian couple kind of okay. thing yeah so I was, yeah. I was like hmm, this is really cute so I got into that and then spare the moment me and my girlfriend one time I feel like we were like drunk or something and we decided to film like one of the little couples trends on TikTok uh-huh. so I posted that got like 600 views we posted another one got like 600 views but then after that I discovered kind of the social justice part of TikTok oh okay. yeah and I, as I'm scrolling and I'm seeing these black and brown creators these queer creators speak out about certain opinions I'm sorry certain issues sharing their perspective their mm-hmm. experiences I'm mm-hmm. like hmm this might be for me so yeah. after a while <laughs> I post I started posting I don't even remember what the first thing that I posted was but um, the first thing that got me traction, I remember it was right after WAP came out oh, with um, yeah. Meg and Cardi B. And you know how yeah. all these people were saying how, oh, these whores, they're going yeah. to, they're ruining the youth. This is da 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 
Yeah. And that really like struck me because I realized when women are in these male rap artist videos, mm-hmm. shaking ass, they're talking about how we're not good for anything, but yeah, like sucking dick, all this yeah. stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. fine when they're sexualizing us, when they're objectifying us, yeah. when they're saying the most disgusting, vile things about women. But yeah. then you have these two women who are sexualizing themselves, who are being sexual and sexy, and all of a sudden it's like ruining society. <laughs> They're like, the kids, so, but what about the kids? Exactly. Right? <laughs> like, throat babies out, nobody's saying <laughs> but, but what is a problem? Yeah. So I, that was the first video that I kind of went somewhere, got like 30K views. I'm like, okay, maybe I can like do this. Yeah. So I started posting more regularly, and then all of a sudden I feel like I jumped to like 300K in like a couple weeks and I'm like what the fuck like me why why yeah. are you here to watch me right and then, like as I got more consistent that's when of course I started to grow and I started to discover more feminist content and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I found my way with TikTok Good but well. yeah like I said initially TikTok was the furthest thing from my <laughs> mind would have never done it honestly glad. same <laughs> Grateful for it. So, what has your experience been on TikTok now that you have over a million followers? Like, so you said you jumped to three hundred thousand, and now you're at over one point four. So, how like quick? Like, how long have you been on TikTok? I guess is like my first question. And then, what's the difference now that you have a bigger following? Mm-hmm. I will make a year next month. Wow, okay, cool. that's it. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was very <laughs> surprised because when I first started posting, I'm like, I'm sure. Like me getting a thousand followers, I'm like, okay, this is gonna take two years, right? <laughs> so I was definitely selling myself very short. Yeah. So yeah, progression is way quicker than I thought it would be. Okay. Yeah. So has well, your experience been different on TikTok now that you have over a million followers? Like yeah, from when you were like smaller to now, because I know like when I was smaller, like I was going off the rails, like <laughs> like responding to hate and shit. Like I was I was going off. I would post like ten videos a day because I was like, fuck it, I only have like nine thousand followers fuck it I'm just gonna do it but now now it's like different obviously the the stats change and then yeah you're kind of like tolerance changes you're like eh whatever like it's exactly and it's like even at where I'm at like there's a significant difference so to where Mm -hmm. you're at couldn't even imagine but um (laughs) honestly but I definitely have seen a change from when I was a smaller creator to now obviously when you get more positive attention you get more negative attention yeah so Mm -hmm. it's like as sometimes sometimes I feel like no matter what I say there's going to be somebody in the comments arguing like I could say the fucking sky is blue and the clouds are white and somebody's gonna be in there like you bitch the sky was pink last night like I, I can't like so of course that's one I'm saying I'm thinking that's probably the most dramatic difference okay. yeah is the amount of people I'm now exposed to got it exactly so I'm and of course, more opportunities come when you're yeah. a larger creator. So yeah. it feels more, of course, I still love it. It's still fun. It's still enjoyable, but it does feel like a job now. Yeah, sometimes. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was like posting on Instagram for fun, but now it's yeah. like business involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of triggers my anxiety at times. Uh, so I like, feel wow. that. Yeah. So I feel that. Are, yeah. I think that's the two biggest things is the okay. negative attention and the business job aspect, aspect of it. Yeah. Of it it's also, sure. yeah, that's something that I feel like a lot of creators uh, don't really talk about, especially since mm. like 
creators like you and I, like we didn't set out to do this. Like it just kind of mm-hmm. happened. It just kind of exactly. fell into our lap. So now both of us are like people that fight for others and speak mm. up in the face of bigotry. So it's almost mm. like a mantle that we've taken on. So mm-hmm. now it's like a, when you don't talk about things, they're like, why don't you talk about this? Like, why haven't you it, talked about this? Exactly. It's, it's like because of the, the type of content that we yeah. do, mm-hmm. it's almost like an added layer of responsibility, right? Yep. Like, yeah, whereas absolutely. if we were just doing like little dancey dances, yeah. which in no, and by no means am I down in that content because con- content is content. But when yeah. you make certain kind of social justice content, mm-hmm. they expect a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, why didn't you speak on this, this, this? Like, all hours of the day, they're hitting you on Instagram, they're emailing you. It's like, I'm one person, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Uh seriously. Like, they send me the most triggering videos sometimes, asking me to, and I'm like, I I appreciate that you guys want my perspective on these things, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm still human, and sometimes I don't. I don't feel like talking about these things. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Having to like set those boundaries. I'm glad that you're the same as me. Cause like I've (laughs) had to set boundaries like that because there's just certain content that I'm just never going to talk about. And it's not because I'm afraid of the backlash. It's literally because it's triggering to me. So it's like, I got to take care of me too. Like I can't fight everyone's battles, girl. Like I'm tired, man. Like I'm fighting all the time. Like I'm constantly, I'm constantly like swinging on everybody. So like the sometimes I got to choose me like over mm. over that like my own peace of mind my own like safeness my 1, safe thousand percent one thousand percent and it's yeah. kind of it's it's heavy it's a heavy load to carry sometimes because you know you get all these messages that are like like oh like you know this you mean so much to me like I've never thought about standing up for myself and you like change the way I see things like it's like something that's very like amazing and then it's also like you said an added layer of responsibility that you did not think was going to come your way like Like I even sometimes have people emailing me for advice and I'm like like oh my god of course I speak I speak on certain topics but I don't know if I'm qualified to like give you (laughs) advice on your divorce I don't (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I'm quite qualified, especially like minors when they're sending me certain Uh, thing. And it's like, you have to tread so lightly and it's like, you have to explain to them in a way, like, I can't really talk to you about this because I don't want to say the wrong thing. So it's like, it's, it's rewarding and it's beautiful, but it's also stressful a lot of the times. It's, it's taxing to say the least. (laughs) It is. And I, and I, I've talked about this with days too, like setting boundaries. Cause she taught me a lot about boundary setting and stuff too. And it was kind of like a balancing act. Cause like Mm. in the beginning you feel like you have to respond to all of it because if you don't like what if it disappears or what if people think that you're like a bad person because you're not exactly to them and it's like I it's just it's so heavy so like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll have people like send me stuff and they're like oh yeah like make fun of this dude like he was mean to me the other day and he deserves it and blah blah I'm like I'm not getting in the middle of your personal (laughs) beef like I don't exactly I don't know that person like I don't know what you did I don't know what he did but it's none of my goddamn business is my point like that's I'm not getting in the middle of it there's no way like they even asked me to speak on like beef with other creators like situations I have nothing to do with they're like can you speak on the argument between I'm like no (laughs) why would I and it's always like the most problematic like white creators who are really famous oh my god no they can deal with that yeah 
and I don't know if you relate to this too, Chris, but like sometimes there are some videos that I purposely don't involve myself with because mm-hmm. it's it's not only is it drama between white people that don't know me and I don't know them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But it's it's also like they have like sometimes these men have like the most toxic, horrible fucking fan bases. Yeah. And sometimes yes. I need a break, bitch. Sometimes <laughs> I don't want to see a million fucking death threats in my my folder. Like I don't want to see that shit. Sometimes yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I intentionally yep, like, don't stitch it. <laughs> yep, I was like, called. Nah. Yeah, I'm like, I've been called a dyke 10 times already. I don't need an 11. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. And that's why I'm like, it's, it's one of those things where we have to like, I guess pick our battles like especially now at the level we're at now like now I'm exactly. like, I got bigger fish to fry bitch like I'm not trying to like waste my goddamn time and I'm on these dudes. Some of and the thing things. is, I feel like sometimes they purposely do stuff now to get your attention. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to get on here and I'm just going to say the most ridiculous, outrageous mm-hmm. shit. So people tag Drew in my comments and I get me a little 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> like, I feel like they do it on purpose yeah, a lot of the time. Sure. So oh, it's yeah. like, even some of the things they ask me to respond to, I'm like, I can kind of sense like they're asking for like a response. Like Mm -hmm. they're purposely trolling about these serious subjects to get me to say something. And I'm not going to, I'm just going to report and move on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, literally same, same here. I've I've told people too. I'm like, it's not like I, I got tagged in one about a minor too. Like it was, they were both minors. It was a girl and a boy. And I was like, I'm not making a video about this. Like, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm grown. Like, this dude is like 13, 14 years old. Like, See, dude, that's, that's why I had to put the 18 plus on my part. I really want to do like 21, 25 plus. <laughs> yeah, literally. But like, that, that was my way of saying, don't ask me to speak on no damn preteens. Yeah. I'm not doing it not same. doing it same yeah. that's why i've made videos on teens before but they were like 18 19 20 mm-hmm. and so they're like oh you're just gonna bully these kids like they said that about these i said this dude can vote what do you <laughs> fucking mean, fuck you mean this these kids you know what i'm saying yeah. like, what do you, yeah, what you are can you join about? the military but a 13 year old yeah i'm not Come doing on. that like yeah look at me yeah. and i said i get that about full-grown men like dudes that are older than me they're like you're a fucking bully so like can you imagine if i did it to a 13 year old kid like there's exactly no way. yeah mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not worth my time so yeah i agree <laughs> so speaking of like dealing with like hate and stuff like specifically like what has your experience been like with hate on tiktok like do you think that your experience is worse than what like white white creators receive for example and like Mm -hmm. has it has it gotten worse has you gotten bigger like what's been your uh, experience with that um of course I do feel like there's an added layer being as though I'm a black woman I feel like they probably Mm -hmm. got like more material now because it's like instead of just instead of the misogynistic shit I'm gonna be racist on top of that yeah and then let me sprinkle on some homophobia yeah um I do feel like there are added layers to it and of course it has gotten worse because there's more of it but there's also more love too yeah and oftentimes like I don't even necessarily have to say anything because the other people in the comment because me I'm just gonna block and move on I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make no response video so uh, because you're gonna delete the comment anyway I'm not gonna argue with you I'm just gonna block you and move on but mm-hmm. oftentimes before I even get to the block like the people in my comments they're on it 
Yeah. So, so yeah, I definitely think there has been an uptick. The bigger I get, the more hate, but there's yeah. more love too. So most of the time it doesn't get to me. I feel yeah. like, of course, we're human. So there are times where it's like, okay, enough. Yeah. But most of the time I'm able to kind of like shrug it off, block and move on. Yeah. And another thing, like I have to, like a boundary I feel like I want to set with my followers is like, on my behalf, don't get out of your character trying to defend me, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, I've seen people threaten to dox people on my behalf, yeah. like sending threat, death threats, talking about people's kids. I'm like, yeah. I promise you don't have to do all that to defend me because I'm yeah. just going to block this motherfucker and I'm going to go on about my day. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't like, you don't have to do all, all of that. Yeah. Cause it's like, after a certain like I've almost I've almost been doing this a year it's like you're used to it yeah because there are certain like and the thing is I can take criticism like if I I'm a a human I'm human so there's going to be some times where I say something that doesn't quite hit right or Mm -hmm. I might say something just just flat out ignorant Mm -hmm. I don't mind being checked for that so I'll take the criticism but I also know there are some people who would argue with a rock on TikTok, <laughs> it don't matter what type of content you make. It can be family content, post your fucking dog. Yeah, it could be anything, and they're going to find something to insult you on. Yeah, yeah. So because I know that, it's easier for me to deal with the yeah. hate because I'm like, okay, y'all gonna hate on anybody. Yeah, yeah so, literally. Yeah. yeah, we talk about that a lot too, especially like how the hate differs like between us and like white creators and like even between you and I because I'm not a black woman so obviously like I know for black creators it's so much worse because people are so fucking rotted and evil on the inside the people who are going out of their way to comment hate on shit they don't Mm -hmm. even care about like exactly I I get like the most aggressive like visceral fucking hate too and like even then like when I I've I've talked about this before like gym bros are the fucking worst like every time (laughs) I do them I get I get an influx of like the most aggressively white supremacist fucking mm-hmm. bullshit ass dudes like it's just the most horrible fucking shit and mm-hmm. I was telling Nita this when we talked to her but like white supremacist dudes white supremacist dudes literally only know like three races so it's like it's like <laughs> Mexican Asian black yeah like nothing yep. else so they they know I'm not Mexican because I'm too tall and all like they, they do the math a little bit and then they're like oh so she must be black so then they they send me the most vile fucking shit so I literally told Nina like I can only imagine if I was visibly and actually presentably black how much worse it would be because mm-hmm. they're just so hell-bent on being awful like yeah. this is horrible like having to see it mm-hmm. so I was like talking about how I before I've had dudes like that sent me a bunch of hate because of mm. what happened like their fucking followers came and were up my asshole for like two weeks <laughs> yeah. they, they camped out in there they fucking set up a, a tent <laughs> they were like they were like let's chill this is fucking awesome in here nice and cozy up in there so like <laughs> I had a dude like that be like I'm getting death threats like blah blah I said I will give you fucking ten thousand dollars if you can send me one death threat you got from me from my right. followers but let me i'll send you a whole folder if you need one yeah, the ones exactly. i got from you <laughs> like what the mm-hmm. fuck dude so like yeah i get totally get it like having to deal with it is like you just grow an even thicker skin crazy yeah, enough absolutely and i definitely have over the last years like at this <laughs> yeah. point you can say whatever <laughs> at this point i've heard it all same yeah, same yeah, and we, since mean- we since we make such similar content too like sometimes I have creators that don't make anything near like they're like they're just like cute pretty girls or like they they make cooking videos or something 
and they're like how do you deal with the hate like how do you deal with that I was like I just like it just doesn't I just don't care anymore <laughs> like, yeah, it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't hurt me yeah most of the time they they don't even make sense they're insults and yeah. shit don't make sense they're real low-hanging fruit like that exactly ugly. they're not even creative no. <laughs> that's the thing like I would respect it maybe a tad more if you were like creative if your wordplay was clever yeah like <laughs> Very I know surface it, level. It's, yeah. it's the same evil misogynistic racist bullshit. Yeah, like, it's just copy paste it every single time. It's like the yeah. same shit over and over again. Yeah, this one guy said I look like Snoop Dogg. I'm like, bitch, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you got me with that one. Uh, you, I had to give him a little bit some props with that. Yeah, <laughs> the same bullshit. Dude. I know. I, I literally had someone on Twitter call me. What was it? This it was like pot of evil or something. It was agreed. Like a, agreed. It's it's like it's a, a Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh card. card. Then no. I looked that I looked that shit up. I said, "Damn, that's a good one." You okay, you fucking got me. Okay. <laughs> I said, "Oh, so All you right. got jokes?" That's what I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those ones I see it and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like that that one that's pretty good. Like yeah. everyone else is the same fat ugly bitches. Yeah, every single time. So I'm like, yeah. Well, <laughs> well just another day on TikTok. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the land. Yeah. <laughs> So we always like to end every episode about um, kind of sharing how we can do better on like, mm-hmm. regardless of like, whatever the topic is. So we wanted to know how can we better support black creators on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Great question. <laughs> Honestly, I think a lot of people, when it comes to how they can be allies or how they can help support the black community, I feel like they take this position of almost like, oh, I have to like sacrifice my soul. Like I have to lay at your feet and grovel. Like yeah. how can I? Like, and it doesn't, it has, it doesn't have to be all that guilt and everything is not really what we're asking for. Mm -hmm. A lot of what we're asking for is like humanity and education, really. Like, listen to us when we're speaking instead Mm -hmm. of like copying us or taking from us, Mm -hmm. platform us, just sort of like you guys are doing what you're already doing is a great start. You see what I'm saying? Just like invite us on your platforms, share us on our platforms, support our platforms the same way we do other people. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't speak over us. Listen to what we're saying. Don't always ask us to educate you. Do your own education. Just things like that go a long way. You see what I'm saying? Like you don't have to give me your firstborn child. Just just don't be racist and listen to what I'm actually saying. That's what that's really just what I'm asking for. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's real bare minimum, honestly. Exactly. It's, like, it's exactly, not hard. It's like, they listen from a place of like defensiveness, whether rather yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. rather than understanding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like when you're listening just to disagree with me, you're not gonna understand yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and you're not so, really listening. That's not exactly. active listening. Just, just waiting to talk. Just yeah. Yeah. absorb some of what I'm saying. Got it. And re- okay. and respect is really just what we're asking for, mm-hmm. I think. And yeah. credit a lot of yeah. times. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and credit, and credit. And that's that a huge should one. be the bare minimum, but it's not. <laughs> right. That's that, yeah. That's like at the very, very, very fucking least. Like, like credit. A pinned pin comment or something. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> shit. literally a tag in the caption is not right. it's not doesn't take much you know what I mean exactly exactly (laughs) and then our last question we want to end on a fun note so what's the coolest thing you've done or that's happened to you because of TikTok 
the coolest thing I've done actually and I don't know because I've heard certain people creators of color black creators say this as far as opportunities from TikTok I haven't with my follower count I haven't done as much as people would think Mm. so um I would say probably the most mind-blowing thing that I've got is just the the opportunity to support myself based off my work on TikTok like that sounds so small but like that's probably the biggest thing like I'm I'm not going to all these parties I'm not doing all these things not yet I'm manifesting Mm. them but they haven't (laughs) happened yet um but just like being able to make an income being able to 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 make money to support myself to do all these things just based solely off my perspectives and my opinions Yeah. yeah that in itself is extremely rewarding to the point that if I never get into certain spaces I still feel very fulfilled yeah so I would say the opportunity to create an income and a platform based solely off of just who I am and what I think crazy surreal amazing yeah Yeah, it's just you yeah yeah it's it's, it's literally like getting paid to be yourself which is exactly the the most rewarding shit ever I totally relate to that that's like Mm. one of the biggest things we've always wanted to I I just like I just always wanted to do something I just didn't know what it was going to be like in Mm -hmm. media and then now now that it's like getting paid to be yourself it's like so fucking cool it's like surreal it's like something you never get over I feel like (laughs) and I never thought that this would like I didn't even know I wanted to do anything in social media yeah like I just knew I didn't want to go to college or work um like uh, that doesn't leave very many options but I kind of just fell into this and that's another thing that makes it so crazy it's like this is not calculated or planned it Mm -hmm. just happened so authentically Mm yeah crazy absolutely and that's something too I think that we the all three of us can relate to is like we had lives before this like we lived life we worked jobs nine to five nine to five exactly (laughs) because I a lot of people make it so young now on like TikTok and I feel like they have this like like almost like missing piece of like life experience so then Uh it's almost like oh like it was so easy like you can do it too (laughs) I mean I still work my nine to five Uh, that's the thing I yeah. still work a nine to five. And that's another thing with all the stuff that they're demanding from you. I feel like yeah. I'm not 17. I'm not, I'm not at home all day. Like I work <laughs> nine to five Monday through Friday, sometimes yeah. Saturday. Like yeah. I can't sit up on this app and make videos for every single thing yeah. that y'all want me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to be able to quit my nine to five, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. So <laughs> you're on your way that's for sure and like yeah honestly anything that we can do to help support you or platform you further like it's been an honor getting to talk to you like we like love and appreciate your perspective so much you're so fucking smart and I love smart I love smart girls I love it (laughs) I love it so much thank you guys so much for having me it was an honor to come here when I saw the um message from you I'm like wait why is Drew DMing me on TikTok. So, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys invited me. It was a great time talking to you guys. Of course. Well, just thank you so much for joining us on this episode mm-hmm. of Two Idiot Girls. And we want to once again thank Chris, the author, for coming yeah, on our show. Thank you. Thanks thank for you having so me, guys. It was so awesome and incredible. Please go follow. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you uh, where can everybody find you on all your different platforms? 
um tiktok of course it's my biggest platform i'm christy mm-hmm. author um my instagram name which why am i not remembering my instagram name right now <laughs> um well my instagram name is linked through my tiktok so yeah there you go. I don't okay, remember there the you name. Go. Um, i have a youtube channel that i starting soon that Yay. i need to stop i need to stop procrastinating on so look me out too. for that <laughs> awesome so yeah that's where you guys can find me awesome thank you so much chris thank for joining so us much. today thanks for having me guys and thank you all for joining us on this episode of two idiot girls we'll see you guys right, bye guys time. bye, bye. bye. <laughs>